faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to another segment of Verse of the Day. Today's verse comes from John 3:16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this verse reveals the heart and purpose of God, the great truth that motivated his plan of salvation for humankind. God's love is deep and wide enough to embrace all persons, so that is the heart and purpose of God. Right, so now we come to look at this kind of a little bit differently. So the first thing we're gonna look at is God says is God gave his son. So and his son also gave himself willingly as an offering to pay the price for the sin of all humanity. So this act, this one act, was one of a complete undeserved love. Understand that it was of undeserved love. God did not have to provide this sacrifice for us. It was not something that was forced upon him. So that's the part, that's the first part where it says that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his one and only son. We talked about the first part. We talked about his love is deep and wide enough to embrace all persons. So that's the part where it says for God so loved the world. So now we come to the part that, where it says that whoever believes in him. So to believe includes three main elements. It includes a faith and confidence that Jesus Christ is God's son and the only savior for a spiritually lost humanity. That's the first element. The second element is, it is an act of surrender that turns over to Christ the leadership of your life and an attitude of submission that continues to obey Christ. That's the second element. The third and final element is the trust and assurance that Christ is both able and willing to complete a person's salvation by bringing him or her to live with him forever in heaven. Keep in mind that to believe in the true biblical sense is not just a mental exercise. Understand that it is not just a mental exercise. It's an active trust that surrenders the leadership of your <coughs> of your life to Christ. Because real faith continues to show trust through selfless action, obedience, and service. So continuing on with this, breaking this down bit by bit and piece by piece, 
So we see that it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, now we come to the important part, shall not perish. So perish is a term in this verse that can be easily overlooked in the context of the wonderful gift of grace that God offers here. God is telling us about here. So it is the tragic, the perishing is the tragic consequence of rejecting God, which is essentially saying that you've chosen to live a life apart from God. So to perish does not point, does not point. Get that. Understand that. It does not point to physical death, but to the dreadful reality of spiritual death and eternal punishment. So now we come to this last part. So it says, For God so loved the world, covered that, that he gave his one and only Son, covered that, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, covered that, but have eternal life. Eternal life is God's gift to those who accept Christ's sacrifice and forgiveness for sins and become born again spiritually. It is not something that can be earned by good works or personal effort. It is a gift that must be received. So eternal is more than simply living forever. It is a quality of existence that begins even in this life. Because it is the opportunity to know God now. <clears throat> it is a life that frees us from the power of sin and Satan and allows us to live spiritually beyond earthly things in order to develop an eternal relationship with God. And we must remember, this is what Easter is all about. This is what Easter is all about. This is what we are celebrating when we celebrate Easter Sunday. So keep that in mind as we go through and finish up this Easter weekend. And today's Bible readings are Joshua 11 through 12, Luke 17, 11 through 37, Psalm 84, 1 through 12, and Proverbs 13, 5 through 6. And that concludes our verse of the day segment. We are now going to move into day 105 of our Through the Bible in One Year segment. Today's focus is on Luke 17, 11 through 19 which says this now on his way to jerusalem jesus traveled along the border between samaria and galilee 
as he was going into a village, ten men who had a leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and threw himself at Jesus' feet, and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In today's passage, we see Jesus healed, healed ten men who had leprosy. And this miracle happened as Jesus was walking along the border between Samaria and Galilee. While on his way to Jerusalem. So Jesus would then have crossed the Jordan at the nearest point, proceeding from the eastern bank of the Jordan toward the crossing point opposite Jericho, which is the next location that we see in Luke's narrative. We look at 1835. So now that we have the backdrop of where this miracle took place, we can get into the meat of this passage, the meat of this passage, which starts with these ten men's request, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus responds to this request by telling these ten men, go show yourselves to the priest or show yourselves to the priest so with this command jesus ordered these men to act in accordance with the law excuse me leviticus 14 1 through 32 for cleansing and to let the visual proof of their healing take the place of verbal testimony before a jewish priest so what is this law we're talking about? That's in Leviticus 14, 1 through 32. So what exactly does this law tell these ten men to go and do? regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremony or cleansing when they are brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside the camp and examine them. 
if they have been healed of their defiling skin disease. The priest shall order that two live, clean birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. The priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water in a pot. He will then take the live bird and dip it together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop into the blood of the bird. It was killed over the fresh water. Seven times shall he sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease, and then pronounce them clean. After that, he is to release the live bird in the open fields. The person to be cleansed must wash their clothes, shave off all their hair, and bathe with the water. Then they will be ceremonially cleaned. After this, they may come into the camp, but they must stay outside their tent for seven days. On the seventh day, they must shave off all their hair. They must shave their head, their beard, their eyebrows, and the rest of their hair. They must wash their clothes and bathe themselves with water, and they will be clean. On the eighth day, they must bring two male lambs and one ewe lamb a year old, each without defect, along with three-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering and one log of oil. And then the... priest who pronounces them clean shall present both the one to be cleansed and their offering before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then the priest is to take one of the male lambs and offer it as a guilt offering along with the log of oil. and shall wave them before the Lord as a wave offering. He has to slaughter the lamb in the sanctuary area where the sin offering and the burnt offering are slaughtered. Like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is most holy. The priest takes some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of their right hand, and on the big toe of their right foot. The priest shall then take some of the log of oil, put it in the palm of his own left hand, Dip his right forefinger into the oil in his palm, and with his with his finger, sprinkle some of it before the Lord seven times. The priest is to put some of the oil remaining in his palm, on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of their right hand, and on the big toe of their right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering. The rest of the oil in his palm the priest shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed and make atonement for them before the Lord. And the priest is to sacrifice the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be cleansed from their uncleanness. After that, the priest shall slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar together with the grain offering and make atonement for them, and they will be clean. If, however, they are poor and cannot afford these, they must take one male lamb <coughs> as a guilt offering to be waived to make atonement for them, together with a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering. 
a log of oil and two doves or two young pigeons such as they can afford one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering on the eighth day they must bring them for their cleansing to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the lord the priests take the lamb for the guilt offering together with a log of oil and lay them before the lord as a wave offering he shall slaughter the lamb for the guilt offering and take some of its blood and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot the priest is to pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand and with his right forefinger sprinkle some of the oil from his palm seven times before the Lord. Some of the oil in his palm he has to put on the same places. He put the blood of the guilt offering on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot. The rest of the oil in his palm the priest shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed to make atonement for them before the Lord. Then he shall sacrifice the dove to the young pigeons such as the person can afford, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. Together with the grain offering in this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord on behalf of the one to be cleansed. These are the regulations for anyone who has a defiling skin disease and who cannot afford the regular offerings for their cleansing. So now we understand what Jesus told these ten men to go and do. And so finally, finally we come to the really critical part of this miracle. For you see, ten men were healed as soon as they turned away to go to the priest. But only one of these ten men came back to thank the one who had healed him, right? So, it says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So, the striking thing is the one who came back to thank Jesus was a Samaritan. In other words, he was a foreigner the eyes of the Jewish people, right? You follow me so far? So which means that the other nine men were Jewish, and more than likely they felt they deserved to be healed because they were Jewish, not because of God's love for them, but because they were Jewish. And this is in keeping with Luke's theme of the universal up outreach, the universal appeal, the universal reach, however you want to phrase it, of the gospel. For you see, 90% of those that Jesus reached with this message were Jewish. 10% was a Samaritan and who happened to come back him to thank him. It was 10%, not the 9%. 
So lastly, Jesus' statement. Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Implies that this Samaritan, this foreigner, who realized he did not deserve to be healed, but was only healed because he obediently did what Jesus told him to do, which was he went to go show himself to the priest, go through all of the cleansing rituals that we just read, to be cleansed from his leprosy. So that statement implies that the Samaritan was healed both physically and spiritually. In other words, his body, the leprosy, was gone. And also his soul, his, his very spiritual nature was healed. Also, he became a different person because he acted in faith. In tomorrow's Bible readings are Joshua 13 through 14, Luke 18, 1 through 17, Psalm 85, 1 through 13, and Proverbs 13, 7 and 8.